Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. 2019, what can we look forward to in terrorism? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Well, today um, we're going to be looking at what's new in terror for 2019, what we can look forward to, and we'll start off with the fact that we can look forward to um, terrorism not going away. One of the things you're going to be seeing in 2019 in general is a lot of political infighting, more than we've had in 2018, um, as the Democrats have taken hold of the House and Congress, and already starting to plan on trying to impeach President Trump and all of that. So we're gonna have a lot of political controversy. And one of the things that happens um, with the Democrats is that they try to convince you that there is no threat in terrorism, that the threat of terrorism has been vastly overblown. Well, <laughs> this is not true. Um, an example of this that we've been seeing recently is the immigration issue. You know, instead of looking at that as uh, having significant uh, consequences for the uh, ability of terrorists to come through our southern border, that is something that a lot of people, notably Democrats, are just poo-pooing and um, uh, minimizing in terms of a concern. However, let's look at what happened on New Year's Eve and in the first hours of 2019. This will give you a little clue that terrorists have not gone away, nor do they plan to stop creating havoc and trying to take over the West in 2019. For example, we had on New Year's Eve in Manchester, in the UK, a uh, terrorist who carried out multiple stabbings. Now, Manchester, of course, as you know, was the site in 2017 of the Manchester Arena bombing. 23 people were killed then, 139 wounded. And now we have a terrorist who carried out multiple stabbings right near this arena. Now, um, the, uh, this particular person um, in Manchester, this terrorist, had mental health issues. And I'll talk to you in a minute about the confluence of mental health issues and terrorism. But before I do, I just want to mention a couple of other incidents that happened right at the beginning of 2019, lest you think that terrorists are going to go away. Um, there were attacks in Japan and Germany. Um, in both cases, a man drove, in each case, a man drove a car into crowds of pedestrians. And of course, this car ramming, truck ramming, van ramming, ramming has become a very typical kind of form of terror attack. Now, um, in, in each of these attacks at the beginning of 2019, there were uh, injuries inflicted 
No one was killed, although one victim in Germany uh, has had life-threatening injuries. But um, but there were there was some. It's not clear that um, it's, it's actually not clear that these two people uh, were the typical ISIS kinds of terrorists. Um, you could say, in a sense, that they have taken over the ISIS kind of uh, attack um, because the, the Japanese driver was 21 years old. He said he would not make any excuses for his self-declared act of terror because it was in retaliation for an execution. Now, at this point, it's not clear whether he was referring to a particular execution, and in that case, something related to um, a terrorist being uh, convicted or killed or, um, um, you know, something specifically related to Al-Qaeda or ISIS or so on, or it could have been just his general protest against capital punishment. But again, taking over the ISIS kind of terror attack. In Germany, the man who created this ramming was a 50-year-old, and his intention was clearly to kill foreigners. He had been making anti-foreigner comments during his arrest, and he managed to hit some Syrian and Afghan citizens. So in a sense, that is more of a revolt <laughs> against uh, Germany allowing in so many Middle Eastern migrants. So it's kind of a counter-terrorist attack, terror, a counter-terrorist terrorist attack. Um, he also may have been treated for mental illness in the past. So it isn't as clear in these two instances as it is in the Manchester stabbing that it was directly connected to ISIS or Al-Qaeda. But, um, but certainly, you know, the, the influence of ISIS is um, obvious in the kinds of attacks that there were. I mean, we've seen these attacks, uh, ISIS kinds of attacks, ramming kinds of attacks in Nice and in Berlin in 2016. We've come to regard it as a signature of the Islamic State. Um, then, of course, there have been other people copying this, you know, kind of attack um, in various other countries and at times. But now, um, and what's interesting about this, getting back to the issue of mental health or mental illness, is that, um, as I've talked about in some previous shows, um, people, you know, it's not a question of whether someone is mentally ill or they're a terrorist. Because indeed, as we have seen in numerous examples, people who are mentally ill are more vulnerable to being recruited to become terrorists. So it doesn't have to be either or. They could, in fact, be mentally ill or have a predisposition to mental illness and therefore be um, sort of sucked into acting out in an act of terrorism. Um, we have, you know, we've called these people loon wolves. Um, there are reasons why mental problems make people more vulnerable to becoming actual terrorists. One is because when they have um, psychoses, when they're hearing things or uh, seeing things that are not consistent with reality, hallucinations, 
um, they are more able to then get sort of swept into the concept of terrorists who misinterpret the Quran to believe the kinds of things that terrorists talk about, their misinterpretations of the Quran. Uh, because also people with mental illness who have delusions, not just hallucinations, are much more easily able to accept the beliefs of terrorists because um, they, don't, it does, they don't seem as strange to them as they would to someone who didn't have delusions or hallucinations. Also, people with mental illness are often marginalized, and this makes them angry at society, so it makes them more um, susceptible to being convinced to do something against society. And then, um, a lot of times, people with mental illness you know, if they're, for example, if they're homeless or um, aren't taking their medicine or things like that, they sometimes engage in criminal activity, which means they get incarcerated in jails and prisons. I mean, the jails and prisons have become the mental hospitals of yesteryear. When the mental hospitals were emptied out, there was really never enough provision made for people with mental illness, and they have unfortunately wound up on the streets and or wound up in jails and what happens in jails and prisons they are much that's these are the places where people are recruited to become terrorists now when you have um a more complex kind of terror attack such as having to build a bomb um it is a little more difficult for people for with mental illness to to participate in to actually plan and carry out but when you have acts of terror that can be done simply by ramming a car into a bunch of pedestrians in the street, that is much easier for people with mental illness to carry out. There is clearly a, um, not going to be any, terrorists are not going to decide, oh, it's 2019, we're done. <laughs> terror, you know, that's one of the things that people really fail to keep in mind, and that is that this is something, terrorism, the taking over of the West, the disrupting our way of life, the making us um, abide by Sharia law, all of these things, the things, the misinterpretations of the Quran that the terrorists do, these are not things that they are, uh, that, they, that is new, or that they have just decided um, we're going to be doing for the present time, we'll see how it goes. These are things that have been going on, these plans, these, these um, recruitment, the lies, the, the plans to, to, um, to take over the West. These have been going on for countless, countless years. And they're not, there's nothing that has happened uh, in more recent years, let's put it this way, there's nothing that's happened since 9-11 that is dissuading terrorists from continuing their plans to take over the West. And in fact, we've seen that. One of the things that I must admit is so frustrating for me, when people question the danger, the threat of terrorism, how serious it is, how much we have to be prepared, and then um, they sort of disregard the fact that we've already, we're already seeing the impact of terrorists in, the West, in Western Europe. I mean, Western Europe is a, we should be looking at that. We're going to be, it's like looking at ourselves in what? Um, one year, five years, 10, well, it's going to be before 10 years. 
if we don't do something to stop it. I mean, this past year, um, I've been, I just, just in, in 2018, this past year, I've been traveling to, um, to London and to Manchester and to Paris. Uh, and and I because of going on a book tour for my for my children's book about terrorism and because it won an award in these places and so I have not only did I live in these places in the past but I have seen just just recently within this year seen an update in how these places have changed and that's why I'm, I'm I feel so passionate about warning you that we really have to do something before New York turns into Paris or London or any other city in the U.S. I mean, this is not just uh, fear mongering. This is actually happening in real cities that never thought that this kind of thing could happen to them. When I was in medical school and um, living in, in Belgium and living in Paris and also soon after living in the UK to further my uh, psychiatry studies and all that, I lived in these places. And um, back in the day, <laughs> um, there was not as much of a, you know, if, if you would have told people um, that in X number of years, this, their cities were going to be the way they are now, they would not have believed you. So it's the same way that people are having trouble believing this in, in America. But we have to look at these places and we have to learn from these places and we have to learn to do something uh, differently and, and notably also to be preparing ourselves. I'll talk a little bit more about that a little later about preparing ourselves. But here's one of the things that is being proposed for 2019 that it would make a fabulous, be a fabulous step in the right direction. And that is to make a, a sex offender style registry for released terror inmates. There are going to be dozens of inmates who have been convicted of terrorism-related crimes, who are going to be released from prisons in America over the next five years. And so lawmakers in several states have started writing bills and started working on plans um, to try to get passed uh, to make a kind of registry for these terror inmates, just like we have sex offender registries. Now, this seems like this is a, a great idea. It seems kind of like you, you sort of uh, scratch your head and wonder, well, yeah, of course, why haven't we done this already? Um, this is also at a time when Al-Qaeda is looking to make a comeback and overtake ISIS as the world's most high-profile and most dangerous terrorist group. They have not gone away <laughs> just because ISIS has been uh, stealing the spotlight for a number of years. Al-Qaeda has not said, oh, well, <laughs> let's just forget about it. We're, you know, we're, we're uh, not as powerful, so we'll just forget about, you know, the things that we were trying to make happen. Not at all. So now we're going to be having all of these terrorists who have been convicted of terrorism-related crimes coming up, coming out of prison in the next five years. And where, if we wouldn't have a registry, would they go? So um, now there's a representative, Florida State Representative Mike Hill, um, who is, is talking about, and of course, Florida have, has had a number of significant terrorist attacks. 
um, he, he has said, after the Pulse nightclub and the Fort Lauderdale airport shooting, we know we can be susceptible to terrorist attacks. And so he has created legislation to, to create this terrorist registry. He's expecting that it'll draw a little opposition, but it should be something that unites us. Well, absolutely. I mean, this isn't, shouldn't be a, a Democrat or Republican kind of thing. Terrorists do not ask whether you're a Democrat or a Republican when they shoot you or they put a bomb in, your, um, in, the, in the train station or wherever it is that you're going, the concert hall. They don't ask how many Democrats are there and how many Republicans are in this place. Um, in the Pulse nightclub, as you might remember, in 2016, uh, a man who, Omar Mateen, who identified with ISIS, killed 49 people and injured uh, scores more. The Fort Lauderdale airport shooting was 2017, and that was a man from Alaska who um, was unfortunately let out of a mental hospital and then came to Fort Lauderdale and killed five people and similarly injured others. There are also lawmakers in Louisiana and Missouri. They're proposing bills in 2019 to establish terrorist registries like the sex offender list. Um, interestingly, in 2016, the New York State Senate, Senate passed a terrorist registry, but it died in the state assembly. Now, again, if this is a thing where politics get in the way of um, doing something that is such a no-brainer or should be, um, you know, this is going to be very unfortunate. All the terror attacks in the future, can, well, that have been committed by people who were uh, let out of jails and prisons or who are connected to them uh, will be blamed on the people or should be blamed on the people who held back these bills or will hold back these bills if that happens. Um, then, um, now, uh, for most of the proposals that these lawmakers have made in regard to the terrorist um, registry, the, there would be a component to that if the person, if the person, the terrorist who's been um, let free from jail or prison, if he fails to register with local law enforcement, that would be a felony. Um, for such people, people, for example, who attempted to finance terrorism, I mean, that that's why they were put in prison, or if they sought to join a terror cell, um, these would be the kinds of people who are incarcerated and who would be on this registry list. Uh, registration would be for life, you know, once a terrorist, always a terrorist, um, with some possible exceptions that these laws could determine. And I've been talking about one thing that's a, a wonderful idea and that I hope that it doesn't get caught up in what is um, likely going to be a very contentious um, battle in all, um, in both state and, and um, national, you know, <laughs> assemblies, so to speak, um, where, where laws are trying to be passed or bills are trying to be passed um, and that is to create a registry just like the sex offender style registry, but for terrorists who are um, going to be let go from prison, released from prison. I mean, clearly, um, 
it is, even though some prisons, and this really is, is not very prevalent, but some prisons try to have some kind of, um, there have been some reports, very random kinds of reports about some prisons trying to have um, programs to get terrorists to change their thinking. But clearly, um, the, the success rate for that uh, at this point is not likely to be very high because, um, and indeed, it goes the other way where more people are uh, recruited during uh, jail and prison than terrorists decide to um, walk the straight and narrow when they get out. I mean, they're more angry. Obviously, anybody, anybody, not, not specifically a terrorist, but when people go into prison, they're very, um, you know, the, the conditions are very uh, strict and sometimes often very, very bad. Um, and so you don't usually walk out of jail or prison <laughs> happy, grateful, and all of that towards uh, the American way of life. So um, it is very important to have this uh, sex offender style registry for the terrorists who are going to be let out in the next five years and in the future. Um, the worst terrorists may be imprisoned for life, but most terror-related convicts serve an average sentence of 13 years. They're usually in high-security federal prisons in Florence, Colorado, Terre Haute, Indiana, and Marion, Illinois. And since 9-11, the federal government has prosecuted about 400 jihadists. Um, so there are at least 61 people with terrorism-related convictions who will be released from prison between 2018 and 2024. So we uh, presumably maybe already missed some of those in 2018, although um, hopefully they could be grandfathered into this um, registry that for the future. Um, the recidivism rate for um, federal prisoners not this isn't specifically terrorists in general federal the recidivism rate for federal prisoners in other words the number or the percentage of federal prisoners who repeat offenses and end up back in prison is 44.7 percent after five years that is huge the rate for state prisoners is 76.6 percent um, in 2010, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence estimated that about 20% of former Guantanamo Bay detainees returned to the battlefield. 20%. I mean, even if, you know, that number, of course, is much less than the, the numbers of recidivism, the general numbers that I just quoted, but let's, even if it was 20% and they went back to the battlefield. They went back to the Middle East for the most part and again became involved with ISIS or Al-Qaeda uh, with terrorism. So that is, <laughs> that is still a huge percent. Um, here are some of the terrorists who are going to be released in the next two years. There is uh, John Walker Lind, 
John Walker Lind, as you may know, is called the American Taliban. And then also Kevin James. And they plotted attacks on Jewish religious centers and American military institutions. Um, now then, there's another uh, um, government elected official who is hoping to um, create a terrorist registry. That's Louisiana State uh, Representative Stephanie Hilferty. And she sponsored a 2018 resolution that created a task force to study the logistics of a state terrorist registry. And they're supposed to uh, provide their recommendations in February. So there are a number of legislators working on this and hopefully um, it will get through. You know, the irony here is that some states have registries for animal abusers and arsonists. <laughs> so surely if we think it's important enough, which it is, to have um, a registry for people who abuse animals or people who um, start fires, arsonists, then um, it kind of goes without saying that we should have one for terrorists, people who have been convicted and incarcerated for terrorist-related uh, offenses. Now, the only thing that there, um, one person when, who's one of these uh, legislators who's um, suggesting the registry is saying that the difference between the terrorist registry and the sex offender registry would be that it wouldn't the, the terrorist registry wouldn't be accessible to the public only local law enforcement um you know i, I don't know one could argue both ways on that um because of you know yes there are the um the names of the people who are sex offenders are public because of, you know, uh, there are maps of where they live and so on, um, so that people can be aware if they have children and they don't want to live near a sex offender, um, they can be aware of where they live. You know, but the same arguments that could be uh, advanced for why people shouldn't know where terrorists are, and that is that perhaps people would take the law into their own hands and so on. It would really the same thing you could say for sex offenders as well. So I don't know that, that I don't think that it's necessary to only make this list accessible to law enforcement, but if that's the way it's going to get passed, then fine. Now, you know, what is going to be the opposition to these things? Because some people are going to say, uh, or trying to say, just like they say for immigration, that it's targeting Muslims um, or targeting a specific religion or race. That's what's, that's what's going to come out when um, these legislators start trying to make a, a um, terrorist uh, registry. Now, you know, the, but that, that's so ridiculous because these are people, who, the people who would be on the registry, they are people who have been convicted and incarcerated for being terrorists. They themselves um, chose to be terrorists. And uh, it's not, it's not um, being racist um, or prejudiced. Uh, it's not, you know, saying, it's not just looking at um, one race or religion in general and and saying you should all be on a, on a registry. These are people who are actually convicted of terrorist crimes, whatever their um, race or religion may be. Now, of course, we all know that 
uh, that most of these people who would who have been incarcerated and who are terrorists um, really do come from Middle East countries who have been convinced to believe in this misinterpretation of the Quran. Um, they're, but they're also saying, though, to, to stress the fact that it's not targeting any religion or race and so on, um, one of the legislators are saying these registries would include radical anti-abortion extremists or radical environmentalists that commit acts of terrorism as well. So in other words, not just ISIS-type terrorists, but other kinds of terrorists, you know, anti-abortion terrorists, for example. Um, also, since there are fewer people who have been convicted for these kinds of crimes, it would have less names on it than the sex offender registry, so it would be easier to and cost less to establish. Um, clearly, clearly, uh, as I was saying before, you know, it's, it's important to know these people are not going to go gently into the dark night. <laughs> They are going to, most likely, at least 20% of them anyway, are going to come out being more angry at America, at the West, than they were before they went into prison and before they um, committed these terrorist-related acts. So it is unlikely that they have been cured um, by counterterrorism programs. Some of them hopefully may have been. But, and if they have been, great. This is just a registry, just like with the sex offender registry. It's not, um, you know, it's not putting people in prison just because they're on the registry. But it is making law enforcement more aware of who these people are so that, for example, if there was a threat in a particular state or city, um, the, they could look at the registry and first find out where all of these people who have committed terrorist acts in the past are now, and if they are the ones who are planning to commit whatever attack they have, um, law enforcement has has heard about, you know, on social media and so on. So let's hope, um, even though 2019 is not going to see a stop, <laughs> a decision for terrorists to stop what they're doing, let's hope that at least we can enact something that will be a positive force in stopping the spread of terror. Well, thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carroll, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.